Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another edition of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. This is the 34th such installment. My name is Patsy the Angry Nerd. I am here with my co-host, Agent the Nicole. I don't know. That doesn't really do much. She is an ironborn... (laughs) On him. Oh, apparently I have uh, pieces of cookie on me. I'm picking brownie off the back. I haven't did even he have had brownie? any did brownie. He have a, did he have the brownie surprise chair surprise? <laughs> yeah, he had the brownie chair surprise. Brownie chair no, supplies. This is a chocolate chip. That is that a was, chocolate that, chip. That was like lodged into your hoodie. I don't know how. The brownies, when we were in the car, the brownies were on my left side, and you just pulled it off my right side. I don't know how I got brownie. Because you know, you've seen me eat like nary a chocolate chip hits the ground. Yeah, but you're really messy. Yeah, but nary a chocolate chip hits the ground. That is like a full chocolate chip. Maybe that's a turd. (laughs) (laughs) Still not sure. (laughs) That was like covered in hoodie fuzz. Yeah, well, you know, so it's half the shit I eat. Because I spill it down my hoodie. Oh, wow. So, speaking of hoodies, uh, Agent Nicole is here. and uh, Hi, everybody. She's, uh, she's Ironborn. Um, and uh, she just got her, uh, her baby shoes bronzed because she finally grew out of them. Yay! So that's good for her. Uh, we're also here with uh, the uh, Mistress of Merlot. Ashes Von Nightmare. She is the uh, real housewife of Transylvania, and she's uh, currently drinking uh, Powerade Zero Lemon Lime, which is not wine. No, it's not wine. But you can ferment it behind a radiator. You could. It kind of looks like it's radioactive. Nice, bright lime green color. It tastes like gummy bears. Yeah, it looks like. Gummy bears. We are also joined today... As usual, because without him, we couldn't get in, because he holds all the cards, and he is the key master. He is Johnny Wolfenstein. I don't actually have any cards on me, should I? Well, you know, some kind of card, like credit cards, credit cards, business cards. Jesus Christ, you're wrecking the place. place. Does it matter if they're all maxed out? No, no. Oh, then. okay. Then I have them. But wait, somebody has cards that aren't maxed out. <laughs> What's that like? Yeah. yeah right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're all here. Uh, you know, get used to it because um, we're not going anywhere. So uh, you're just gonna have to deal with it. And uh, you know, obviously, if you're here, you're you're listening. Then you know you've chosen to deal with it. And you know. You know, do you have to put up with all our shenanigans? Uh, no. You get to. You get to. Uh, that was actually uh, a, a little bit of an excerpt from our, our wedding vows. We wrote our own wedding vows, and uh, I kind of snuck that in there. Cause I that, that, was, that was before mentioning the toilet. No, that was after. That was after the toilet? Yeah, that was at the end. I said, does it mean that you have to put up with all my craziness and all the things that I, you know, things that drive you crazy? No, it means you get to. Because I drew the short straw. Plus, I was standing on her wedding dress, so she couldn't run without ripping it. So This is true. Um, so, today, uh, we are going to be talking about 
one of my favorite childhood uh, movie characters, and uh, still today is a character that I like very much. We actually get to see this film at a drive-in. Uh, I was going to say earlier this year, but it was last year. So, but I mean, it was it was a couple months ago. So it was, yeah, it was know, only it was only October. Yeah, um, it was a good time, and uh, we're talking, of course, about uh, William Wonka. Um, he of the Chocolate Factory of Roald Dahl fame. And uh, if you are unfamiliar, there have been um, multiple portrayals, but I think for this specific conversation, we're going to uh, focus mainly on the Gene Wilder portrayal. I mean, we'll touch on the other ones and some of the parodies and a little bit of the uh, stuff that happens in the book. But... Uh, yeah, today we are going to start off, uh, as we usually do, by talking about something that's sort of kind of related to to uh, the character that we're, we're discussing. And Willy Wonka, uh, as you know, is the Candyman, and uh, the world tastes good because the Candyman thinks it should. So we are going to discuss uh, some of our favorite candies candy like the stuff that you really hoped for when you were uh, going out trick-or-treating or you know when you went to the the penny candy store what you would uh blow your entire dollar on or what you would hope that um santa left you in your stocking santa didn't leave uh candy in our stockings when i was a, a youngin we got coal um but my brother thought it was candy and attempted to eat it that was smart because um, coal, as many people know, is not actually food. So that was a fun thing that my brother learned at uh, age eight. So because we're talking about our favorite candy, um, you know, I would like to speak for one member of the Grand Guignol family, and I know Dynamo Mars loves him some chunkies. But Agent Nicole. Uh. Give me a second. Sorry, I'm I'm responding to an important text. It was it's Dynamo asking if we can pick him up some more chunkies. <laughs> He's got plenty in this chair. Maybe that's what I got stuck to my. <laughs> but you're not sitting in this like chair. It didn't. Chunk. It didn't look like a raisin, though. <laughs> no, but it's, it could be a chunky All right. chocolate chunk. I can multitask. What right. is the question? What is my favorite candy? Yeah, bar? like what did you just candy? Just candy. Like, candy. What did you, candy. Candy. Did you, what did you bar, like? Candy. Something. Um, so as all right. So I've, I've got a couple stories. I won't make them that long. Um, Back in the day, when I was in middle school, my friends and I, we had, like, this, like, candy, like, I wouldn't say, like, candy click, but, like, it was, like, a candy group, and we all gave each other nicknames after candy bars, so they called me Snickers, not just because of, like, I used to giggle a lot, which still happens today. What? I know. So, I was called Snickers, and plus, like, Nicole, like, Nick is in Snickers, so that um i my ultimate favorite candy bar i think i would have to go with three musketeers um i like now that i'm older i like to try different candies like from different countries i don't know if you guys do that or oh yeah i i'm a, I, I am a big proponent of pocky and haichu mm-hmm. um <clears throat> 
I like a lot of candy from like the European side. Definitely like like good Cadbury from England. That's good stuff. Um, my one of my best friends who just came back from Australia a year ago. She brought a whole shit ton of candy from Australia, and oh, it's really good. So, yeah. How about you there, uh, Ashes? What kind of candy do you like? Well, I think my my preferences have changed a lot over the years. Um, when I was younger, loved Sour Patch Kids. And I still do, but I can't eat them. Like, I can't consume as much of them as, as I, I mean. I used to be able to sit down and, like, pretty much eat an entire bag by myself. And I can't do that anymore because, you know, like, it hurts my teeth to chew and all, you know. We eh. have dental insurance now, though. So <laughs> Yay! We can chow away oh, on the, the sour batch kids. kids. Um, and I really liked um, like chocolate candies, like uh, M and M's. I really enjoyed M and M's as a child, and I still do. I was also a very big fan of white chocolate when I was younger. Uh, However, as I've gotten older and my tastes have have changed. I love dark chocolate. I live for dark chocolate. The darker, the better. I love dark chocolate. I love strong coffee. And I love dry red wine. <laughs> I like really strong, bold tastes. And Which is why you married me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm strong um, and bold. And to kind of... Um, I still... I, I like... The, you know, I... I Growing up, I really enjoyed the fruit-flavored candies. Like I said, Sour Patch Kids were my favorite. Um, but, like, it's the sour coating on them that I just can't really deal with yeah. anymore. Like, I can't... I still enjoy them. I still love them, but I can't eat as much. So, I actually... Um, if I'm in the mood for something fruity, I usually go for Mike and Ike's. And that's usually... Um, I, I split a box, get like the the movie, like the little small boxes that mm-hmm. you can get, and I usually split a box with with Patsy. And she takes all the green ones. I love the green ones. I love green Mike and Ikes and orange Tootsie Pops. Like if I could buy just like you know you you can buy like uh, sometimes they have like the special purple ones where you can buy like just a box of all like great Mike and Ikes. I'm like that's bullshit. I want a box of all lime green Mike and Ikes and I want a bag of all orange Tootsie Pops. I keep telling you I right like the to red Mike. Tootsie Pops. Mike's like, the only one that has when, any, um, any say over that. I um <clears throat> I don't do lollipops often. Like usually mm. um I use like oh I'm not feeling well my throat hurts. Like oh I guess I'll buy myself some Tootsie Pops. I will inspect every single bag in the store to try to see you know find the the one bag with, with the more more like orange yeah. to the rest of the color ratio. I, I I've been known to sit on the floor of the grocery store and just go through bags. <laughs> I'm not making this up. No, she isn't. Um, and inspect every single bag until I find like the golden ticket, ha, huh, bag, you know, the bag that has majority orange Tootsie Pops. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I have to say uh, Sour Patch Kids, Mike and Ike's, green Mike and Ike's, orange Tootsie Pops, and dark chocolate. The darker, the better. What about you, Patsy? Well, as you know, my all-time favorite candy is turtles. turtles. Yep. I love the friggin' turtles. And 
when I was younger, I used to uh, love, because I never got to have them unless I went to my grandparents' house, because I always had them in the candy dish, but Andy's Candies, little uh, <gasps> yes. chocolate with the mint. Oh, yeah. oh, when yeah, you go to little, Olive Garden, and you get them. them. They give you like, the generic they, yeah. ones. Well, they, no, they, they, they're not generic. They have... They're just like they have special different for wrappers. Olive Garden. Yeah. yeah, they're still Andy's candies. They just have Olive Garden wrappers on them. But like you get your bill and it's like, oh, it's the bill. But yay, candy. Um, Yeah, and you're like, oh my God, I'm so full. Ooh, chocolate. Pretty um, much. Ooh, a piece of candy. Yeah. Ooh, a piece of candy. <laughs> See, Ooh, when, I was, candy. when I was younger, uh, Halloween, because again, you know, like I mentioned last week, I spent a lot of time with my cousins, Nick and Mark, when we were growing up because we were very, you know, close in age. Uh, at least my my brother Dan and my cousin Nick were. Uh, we would always go trick or treating together, and we uh, like the big thing back then was Butterfingers. Like everybody wanted Butterfingers. Um, a close second though was Baby Ruth's. Baby Ruth, and it had nothing to do with John Matuzak. But we would, uh, you know, we would had to trade a bunch of. What is that look for? What. I, I said John looking- Matuzak, and you gave me this look like you were going to stab me in the face. <laughs> Which is every day. Yeah. I was like, that's her normal look towards you. I know, but usually I do, I do something to deserve it. I don't know what I did to deserve it. Breathing. Um, you were breathing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, we'd go to the, 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 the penny candy store. Um, we'd get, you know, like the, the candy buttons. Those were good, but I always end up eating just as much paper as I did candy. Yes. Um, sixlets, little uh, chocolate, oh, yeah. little, little chocolate uh, sphere guys. Um, bit of honey. I remember when they used to give those away in uh, uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. They they would give away those little pieces of candy. It was really? really nice. Yeah, this was like mid eighties, so uh, you may not remember that happening because I don't think you were even eating cereal at that point. Um. What else did we have all the time that we were uh, Twizzlers? Uh, mm. Then when the pull and peel came out, it was like blew our minds. Um, what kind of sorcery is this? Yeah, you can pull your licorice apart. The little uh, the and it, it comes out around this time of year, and I really really like little like juju hearts. Oh I yeah, love those. Things. Oh, those always sweet hearts face together. No, they're like chewy. Not like the no, conversation not, yeah, hearts. Yeah, not the carver. Oh, my God. The conversation, conversation hearts, hearts. Uh, according to uh, Futurama, uh, they're made of uh, bone meal and earwig honey. Oh, I thought that was uh, candy corn. No, candy corn. <coughs> they stopped making candy corn in 1936. They don't make it anymore. They I, just scrape up all the used stuff that people throw away, and then they repackage it. I do kind of like seasonal candies. Like, I mean, I really enjoy conversational hearts. Like, I usually sometimes look at myself a little like box of of them mm-hmm. to have certain flavors like the white ones are all right and like the blue ones but like the brown ones i never well, like it depends on like the brand i think the, the purple the, ones the brock well, brocks brocks yeah like that brand is usually pretty good but some of the other like generic brands well, we used to just get a, taste off we used to get the the neckos oh the neko wafers new england confectionery company or candy company whatever it was uh we'd get those a lot um because they are local. Um, and they Did you cheap. ever... Um, oh, the jelly nougat. I, um, never what? had that. Never, oh, they don't really have it anymore. But it was like this uh, white nougat. And it had like red and green like flavor 
things, but they were very chewy, and I liked them. Wolfie, you know what I'm talking about. The little white uh, nougat stuff with, like, the green and red. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of wasn't paying attention. <laughs> you Not that it wasn't interesting. I was just doing something. Um, what is it? The, the jelly nougat candy, like the white... Uh, it was like this white chewy thing. They like you came individually wrapped, and they had yeah, like, yeah, yeah, red yeah, and green yeah. in them. There used to be a candy store right down the road from from my place where I grew up, so I used to go, uh, you know, partake quite often. So yes, candy cigarettes all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Ravenshadow was born with them in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> my dad loves um, Sky Bars. I don't know if anybody's yep. had. Pat- yep. We every time we go to like. Like a mom and pop kind of store, I see. I might like grab a handful for him because it's one of his favorites, and somehow I like them too. I like the um, like the jellied fruit slices. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. Like but, the orange. But, yeah, like the orange slices. That, but if, not the mint. Uh no, not the Ooh, mint. Not the mint. But like the ones that you get at specialty candy stores mm-hmm. are so much they're different than the ones that you get in the grocery store like yeah. at the they're, checkout aisle at Wegmans yeah like like it's different from those like they're almost like a better quality they're mm-hmm. they're more jelly like yeah. and, and have more of a, fla- of a flavor to it um do you guys did you ever like sell Hebert candy bars I, for I fundraisers have, I have a story about Hebert candy no, mansion that actually ties into the Willy Wonka thing. You never did that for. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, you never I never did the fundraiser, but I knew I knew a lot of kids who did, so I was able to get candy from them. I mean, it, it's a pretty decent candy. I wanted they to were do a dollar it. each. Every oh, time. I yeah. know. I really wanted to do it. it. Just like I was never on the right team to do it. Oh, we always did individual. Yeah, I, they didn't let us do it. I always got shafted on a lot of shit we um we did it as a fundraiser a lot for like the theater program and stuff and like there were just some days when i would just instead of buying lunch at school i'd just be like yeah fuck lunch i'm gonna buy candy (laughs) bars well we did we you know we would do it here and there for different things but we did it specifically when i was in fourth grade which was 1991 i want to say that sounds about right 1991 i was 10 yeah and we were actually putting on uh, – because where I went to school, there were actually three uh, of each class. So there was three first grades, three second grades, mm-hmm. and so on. And because we had an abundance of kids, we put on a play, and it was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. And we sold Hebert's candy bars. And inside, five of the candy bars were five golden tickets. And if you got a golden ticket, you got to take the day off from school and take a field trip and go tour Hebert's Candy Mansion. Well, I don't like to toot my own horn. I do have a picture of me that was in the local paper, the uh, Worcester Telegram and Gazette, for those of you who are familiar, of me as Willy Wonka, because I got the lead in the play. Uh, It's actually a picture because we, uh, for the scene when he first comes in you know and introduces and everybody's walking around eating all the food inside the uh, during the pure imagination song mm-hmm. we had uh bags of like gummy bears that we would tack to the trees bags of uh m&ms that we tacked to the trees so people would go up and you know we'd take a, a bag down and we'd just throw them out into the crowds of kids and parents that were waiting and we even had uh paper mache mushrooms that had like a little cup in the middle and the cup was filled with whipped cream. 
So the picture that we have is me like digging my hand into the middle of the mushroom to get whipped cream. Mm-hmm. And I was right. Are you you all right there? Yeah, I'm listening. Make, am, I, am I boring you? Keep going. Um, but the best part was uh, it was around my birthday, and I had gotten some money for my birthday, so I uh, went and I went to pick up a uh, candy bar, and the kid that was selling them was like, "Here, take this one." And I was like, "No, I want that one." And I chose the one I wanted. Bam, golden ticket. So I got to tour Hebert's Candy Mansion. We got some free free candy. Like uh, they gave us a uh, half of a chocolate golf ball. Very delicious. It was white chocolate. It was just. It was so cool getting to see how this stuff got made. So it was very awesome, and we raised a ton of money for the for the show. But yeah, it was it was a blast. I had so much fun, and I was very excited that I got the lead role because uh, I wasn't expecting to. I was expecting one of the popular kids to get it, but I just did really well. I just signed up for everything and wanted to do something. So, yeah, that was my uh, Hebert's candy uh, store. And, by the way, the best Hebert's candies were uh, candy bars were the ones with the uh, crispy rice in them. I ate those all the time. No, you're wrong. It's the uh, caramel-filled. Nope. That's where you're wrong. Uh, When you play the uh, king of the candy men and you take a tour in fourth grade, you let me know. And then we can compare notes. And, you know, I'm pretty sure the guy was like, oh, what's the best candy? And I was like, the one with the crispy rice. And he's like, oh, my God, you are like the smartest fourth grader I've ever seen. I highly doubt that (laughs) happened. That's how I remember it. You remember a lot of things incorrectly. I remember everything the right way all the time, every day. Yeah, no. No, no. Nope. Kevin Bacon was not in Footloose. Alternative fact. No, you're wrong. (laughs) So, that was a nice uh, conversation about candy, because I do like candy. I don't eat it as much as I used to. No. You know, like I'm more like health conscious. My mom brings candy a lot from her work. It's really bad. I'm like, she's like, do you want this? Skittles and Starburst and like candy that that hasn't come out yet. I'm like, no, I don't want it. And then I end up eating it all. I was going to say, bring it into work. I don't want to share. It's all mine. It's all mine. That's messed up. Wolfie, do you have I a share uh, with favorite you guys. candy of all time or uh, anything that uh, stands out maybe when you were a kid or maybe something now? or um, I, I do like candy. I'll, uh, I'll say that. I'll preface, preface it by saying that. Uh, what happened to rock candy, though? That's what I want to know. Ooh. Yes. Oh. You ever get the rock candy from the uh, New England Science Center, which is now the Ecotarium? Nope. Oh, they had some good ass rock candy. You know, Sturbridge A- Village. They had ass candy. Ashley's uh, engagement ring is made out of rock candy. I get hungry, so I eat it, and then <laughs> it's not as big as it once was. Yeah. So, little nibble here and there. So, uh, yeah, rock candy was good stuff. Rock candy. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the more obscure ones. Rock candy wasn't that great, uh, to be honest. It was fine, but. Uh, I don't think anyone mentioned nerds. Oh, <gasps> yeah. Love nerds. Giant pixie uh, sticks. Airheads. Oh, yes. yes. Underrated. Yes. Warheads. The white, the white 
mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jawbreakers. Here's here's a little. Uh, I guess I'll I'll tell a little story based on Airheads. So the Deadites. If if anyone knows the Deadites, they 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 probably know that the Deadites love candy. And I would say for a good five years, myself, Tiny, and Dynamo lived on candy. That's pretty much all we ate. And maybe the occasional like pizza or something, but <laughs> we we definitely lived on candy. And it, it was kind of like when you went to Tiny's place, it was kind of like, you know, you had to like appease the troll to like, get, you know, gain entry to, to his bridge. Yeah. Uh, you had to bring Tiny Airheads. It was kind of the same thing, like to get into his house, you better bring airheads with you or you're not getting in. So I would always stock up on airheads and bring them over to Tani's when I when we went to go hang out. So uh, that was one of his candies of choice. Uh, I, I'm i a big fan of peanut butter. So for me, it's like peanut butter and chocolate, you know, those like Reese's stuff. Yeah. I mean, I know it's pretty, you know, it's not very exciting. Everyone likes that shit, but. Uh, I like Reese's sticks. Honestly, that's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. My my love of candy. Although I don't eat it nearly as much as I used to. I don't think any of us do. Like I I'm missing several teeth. Um, <laughs> um so I don't. I try not to eat. And and not because I punch them out of his head. I'm just gonna say that right now. I'm just gonna throw that out there. It was I did. <laughs> I am not the reason why he is missing his teeth. But yeah, um, so I think with that, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a, uh, a little break, and when we come back, before we get into our discussion, I'm going to unveil my song. Do you love the scary story? Do you love to dance? The big scary monster haunts in midnight is a collection of dark songs about sex, love, death. This is Bobby Chains, Uncle Polly, from the Unchained Podcast, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday, hashtag Team Nicole. Be there or be Arthur. And we're back. So, uh, you guys ready to hear how awesome this is going to be? Nicole, the taking off your headphones won't really do anything because you're about two feet away from me and you can still hear me. So, I debated on 
whether I should do this with music or not, but I'm thinking that I'm not going to do it with music because uh, I tried practicing a little bit at home, and because I know the words to the song, it kept throwing me off, so I couldn't get the the exact cadence and rhythm that I was looking for. And I will say this, I have not practiced the entire thing, and uh, as we've been recording the show, I've actually been scribbling some... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, changes and uh, something. I'm, I'm trying to think of the word, and I'm drawing a blank. So what I did, and uh, I was singing this to Ashes uh, in the car as it came to my head uh, before I wrote it down, so a lot of the words that I was singing to her did not make it to paper, because this was several days ago. I was thinking what would be nice with the... Uh, the Willy Wonka uh, subject matter is if I came up with a song basically changing the lyrics of the Pure Imagination song because last week I kept singing her the Pure Imagination song but I only knew like the first like three lines and I kept singing it over and over and it was driving her out of her goddamn head (laughs) Nicole on the other hand loved it and you know, no, I wouldn't didn't. let me stop. No, I didn't. Don't fucking say lies she like was that. Like, oh my god, that's the greatest song I've ever heard. Yeah, and pigs can fly. <laughs> if you put them in a plane, if you put them in a plane, they fly. You're weird. Yeah, <laughs> can you just get to the song, please? I'm a little nervous because I, you know, I don't, I don't normally do this type of thing because I'm not a good singist. So, uh. I don't know. What do you do? You think I should do it with some background? Just a little bit of background music. I think you should do whatever makes you feel comfortable. So, and and that's that's where I'm at. So let's 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 get this show on the road. I know I'm stalling a little bit, and I shouldn't be stalling because you know I, I that's why I specifically mentioned it last show, so I couldn't weasel my way out of this. So, actually, Wolfie, if you could. Uh, Maybe pull up the uh, the clip on YouTube, the uh, Pure Imagination song, uh, just so I can get a little uh, a little background music, and I know when to kind of kick in. Should I look away when you sing? I don't. You can do whatever <laughs> Let's you just like. Just stare at him. Well, I will. I will We're say judging I am, you. I am a tad nervous, so so I'm going to do my best. You may be as harsh as you'd like. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be In a world of nerdy conversation Listen close and you'll hear The thread of my castration (laughs) We'll begin when you listen You'll pray against my future procreation How I'm still wed will defy 
explanation. If you want to talk characters, this is the podcast to do it. Want to send feedback? We'll listen to it. I promise that I won't talk straight through it. Hurry up, pilot! This way, Grandpa. There's only a little bit more. There is no show I know that compares with the Throwdown Thursday podcast. We'll be here every week. Nicole Ashes and Patsy. And that's that's my song. Yay! Good job! That That was was really good. Thank you. That was cute. So, yeah. I mean, there's more to the actual song, but, you know, there's... There's like a minute and a half straight of just uh, instrumentals and Willy Wonka walking around doing wacky stuff. So, you know, you can't really see that it doesn't translate well over radio. So, so yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Mr. Wonka and uh, and how we first got introduced to to that character. Let's start off with you, Ashes. How did you get introduced to uh, Mr. Wonka? I don't really know like when or how. I just know that I've seen the movie. Um, primarily the uh, Gene Wilder version of Willy Wonka. Um, not a huge fan of the Tim Burton, Johnny Depp starring uh, Willy Wonka. That was um, a little bit of a, a bummer. I was... Yeah, that that just that 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 made me sad, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I I've seen it several times. Like it plays on TV a lot, mm-hmm. especially during like for some reason the holiday season. They like to play Willy Wonka yeah. a lot, which is weird. Um, you know, like Patsy said, we had the opportunity actually uh, when we went to the uh, Rocky Horror Shadow Cast at the. Excuse me. At the drive-in, they actually showed Willy Wonka uh, before mm-hmm. Rocky Horror, so that was cool having the opportunity to to see it in like the drive-in uh, setting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just it's just one of those movies that I've always been aware of. I think my mom really enjoys it, um, so that's one of the reasons why you know I, I've had so much exposure to it. Uh, I, it's just one. I, I don't know. It's just one of those movies. Yeah. So I, I just I can't explain it. I've seen it. I enjoy it, and that's that. Okay. How about uh, you, there, uh, little Miss uh, <laughs> Iron Pants? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't like Ashes says. I don't remember the exact moment that I've that I saw Willy Wonka, um, but um, I. The first time I think I remember seeing it, I used to, like you said, it was on television a lot, which really kind of cuts away from every, like a lot of the scenes. So when I really first saw the complete, like, DVD or VHS, um, was at a friend's house and I loved it instantly. I thought it was just wonderful and magical. 
I unfortunately did see the Tim Burton Johnny Depp one um, when I was I think it came out when I was 16 and my mom gave me money she was like here take your friends out for you know your birthday for birthday lunch you go see a movie and I was like oh Willy Wonka it looks really good um, worst money ever spent but um, it's a wonderful movie and I really enjoyed it now see for me um, I remember watching it when I was a kid, and I watched it, um, <clears throat> you know, repeatedly. The only part I didn't like was obviously the the, the boat ride because, <sighs> and you know, this is one of those things you don't notice when you're a kid, is that Willy Wonka is a complete and total sociopath, like. <laughs> He just wants to murder everybody all the time. And, you know, you might think, oh, you know, there goes Patsy again on one of his wacky rants. But, you know, rewatch that film. And if you can tell me what role that boat has in anything. And first of all, how many empty seats were on the boat when they all climbed on? There were zero empty seats when they all climbed on, which means he knew that Augustus Gloop was going to fall into the Chocolate River and get sucked up into a pipe. He knew that. He anticipated it. Towards the end of the film, when it's just Charlie, Grandpa Joe, Mike TV, and his mom, and they're in that wacky car, how many empty seats are in there? None. Because he is good, very good, almost lecture-esque at predicting what people are going to do and when they're going to do it. Now, that boat scene, to me, other than having the little laugh of Veruca Salt say, Daddy, I do not want a boat like this. <laughs> other than that, that boat, to me, serves no purpose other than to really give you a, a, a good view into Willy Wonka's psyche. Because he's just sitting there, and and he starts singing that creepy song. Yeah. There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. A little fun fact that I learned today is, um, I guess in a lot of the DVD commentary, they said... um, that was when like a lot of the children actors were afraid of Gene Wilder because of that scene. They thought he was literally going mad. And they, you know, a lot of the, from what I've read, a lot of the movie was kind of done in surprise. Like they kind of, they wanted the, um, the uh, director Stewart, he wanted to do everything kind of like get your first reaction and like not have it be prepared and this one was one of the scenes where he kind of didn't prepare the kids this is like then a lot of the kids were really really scared of him in this role and it's funny because you know and i I just had to look this up because i wasn't sure because this this role as willy wonka is very similar to his role in young frankenstein yeah but young frankenstein came out three years after this so it's almost like he based his his uh, his young Frankenstein performance on his Willy Wonka performance. But uh, one of the things that a lot of folks don't know is Roald Dahl, who wrote this book along with you know other childhood classics like the BFG, James and the Giant Peach, you know Matilda, the Witches, you know all stuff that a lot of us grew up 
reading and and watching the films of he was a spy and he uh his role was to seduce uh beautiful women of the uh of the opposition the honey pot no not not quite but i know what you're saying um that was that was his his role and apparently he was very good at it he also wrote a a, a short story called the man from the south now this short story is referenced in the movie four rooms by uh, quentin tarantino's character as an episode of the outer limits called the man from rio starring peter Lorre and steve mcqueen i don't know if that actually uh occurred but the premise of the story is the same and it was about somebody that went around collecting fingers you know and it was a very dark uh, uh troublesome story for someone who's supposed to be a uh a children's author but you can see some of that darkness in the Willy Wonka character because he is everything that he does every the way he he carries himself and brings people through certain uh certain parts of the factory it's almost like he's tempting them and testing them and seeing what they'll do knowing that if they fail their test there are horrific consequences like Violet Beauregard with the gum and he's like no stop don't come back and it's just like you know something awful's about to happen <laughs> and he tells me he's like I wouldn't do that and she's like I'm gonna do it anyway he's like alright do what you want. Um, yeah, I, I like you guys. I saw the uh, the Tim Burton version, and some of the Oompa Loompa songs were cool. I like the way he uh, used Deep Roy as every single Oompa Loompa, <laughs> uh, and some of the songs were all right. But nothing beats the original. Although, fun fact. Um, they changed the Oompa Loompas to be orange because because you know everyone was making the the, the slavery connotation because mm-hmm. that's originally what it was supposed to be like you know in the story he talks about how he rescues them from these terrible monsters in Loompa Land you know like vermicious knids and horn swagglers and uh, he brings he brings them there to work in his factory well originally it was uh, the movie was going to depict them more as being uh, kidnapped slaves and they were all going to be black oh and they hey. were like hey that might be slightly insensitive so let's say we rescued them from monsters and uh you know brought them to uh work in the factory and provide them with freedom now as part of a homework assignment i had assigned uh agent nicole to watch a couple of uh, parodies of this of this uh, film, not the type of Axel Braun parodies that some of you perverts are thinking of. Uh, Axel Braun makes uh, porn parodies of like you know the Avengers and oh, stuff like that. Okay, and okay, his Avengers parody, uh, China played the She Hulk. Oh, okay. Uh, but they uh, because it's such a beloved children's movie um of course it got you know parodied in different tv shows and one of them is uh, one of the early family guy episodes called wasted talent where he finds a silver scroll in his beer and gets to view the uh, take a tour of the Pawtucket brewery but my favorite one is probably 
the uh, the Fry and the Slurm Factory episode of Futurama. Wait, which one had the Chumbawambas? The Chumbawambas was because uh, I was going to say like you know they couldn't have Oompa Loompas, so <laughs> the Family Guy version had Chumbawambas, and the uh, the uh, Futurama episode had Grunkalunkas. And of course, they had their their songs, and uh, what the hell just happened here? Of course, they have their songs that they sing, and uh, the uh, Futurama one went a little something like this. Hey, what's behind that door? Nothing. Is it the secret ingredient? Grunkalunka, dunkity ingredient. You should not ask about the secret ingredient. Okay, okay, we get the point. I was just curious because of the armed guards. Runkalunka, dunkity darn guards. Shut the hell up! <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a little bit of a parody on, on the Oompa Loompas who had a song for everything, but, you know, this is. They, they took it a step further and they had a song for every single thing that was in the, uh, in the uh, conversation that people were having. But, yeah, back to, back to the actual character of Willy Wonka. You see him uh, kind of steer conversation certain ways and, like, pretend like he doesn't hear what somebody says. And, you know, he's very insulting, but he's insulting in, like, a highbrow way. He's a master manipulator. He really is. You know, like, you know, when uh, Veruca Salt's dad was talking to him and he leans over and says to him, candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. Because he was making... uh, Butter scotch and butter gin, and uh, and that's what he said, you know, because that, that's that's kind of a creepy thing to say. And candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. You're like, mm, oh, all right, that's not weird at all, but <laughs> cool. Um, well, this is another one of those movies that you know I'm not gonna shred it right now because we're talking about a specific character, but it has a lot of stuff in it that you don't notice as a kid. But you notice as an adult. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of Willy Wonka is people were stealing his... uh, It was Slugworth and... uh, I forget the other guy's name, but Slugworth really the only one worth mentioning because he gets a lot of of play during the movie. Um, People were stealing his chocolate ingredients and his recipes because he would come up with these amazing things, as we see in the film. You know, a stick of gum that's a, a, a full meal... You know, a candy that never, ever stops. You know, it's the everlasting gobstopper yep. that lasts forever. You know, it's very cheap. So, you know, even poor kids like, say, Charlie Bucket, which is a stupid name. Uh, <laughs> even a kid like that, you know, he's like, oh, I only have a little bit of change. But here's, you know, I can buy this candy and I can just have this and it will last me forever. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, and that's what he was trying to do when people were stealing his recipes and almost putting him, uh, making him bankrupt. So he, uh, he closed his factory, fired everybody, and that's when he got the uh, Oompa Loompas. And that's, they put out this contest, you know, five golden tickets throughout the world. And this is like, you know, there's no brand in the world that has this type of recognition and this type of following. But just imagine if, all of a sudden, there was no, no. Uh, well, I, I can kind of say uh, when Hostess went out of business and then came back. You know, for people in New England, you know, when when Hostess was gone, but then all of a sudden Hostess is back. Like, you know, now I can get Twinkies and 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 
and ho-hos and king-dongs <laughs> <laughs> and fruit pies. Uh, now I, I – that's called a callback, folks. Uh you know, now all of a sudden we can get this stuff again, and this is great because, like, I remember this from when I was a kid, and, you know, everybody who he talks to, yeah, Charlie, I mean, everybody he talks to speaks fun, especially Grandpa Joe, the faker. He, uh, they talk about, you know, how they remember eating the chocolate and how great it was and how the factory was amazing and the quality was just phenomenal, and like, there was nothing in the world that compared to it, and... You know, when it went away, everybody was really depressed and sad, and it crippled the economy. Then it comes back, but he's got horrible little orange men working for him. Donald Trump's? Yeah. yeah. Their hands are roughly the same size. Trump Wumpas? Trump Wumpas. <laughs> Isn't that a song? <laughs> um, but yeah, he's single handedly revitalized the economy and then invites people to come into his. His uh, his factory and tour his factory, and you could get a lifetime supply of chocolate. All you have to do is you know sign everything and do everything that you you know he wants you to do. And it turns out that uh, he completely lost his mind during all his years of isolation, and you know talking to the Oompa Loompas who can only communicate through songs about things that they've just you know immediately witnessed, apparently, uh, and through flutes. Um, he completely lost his mind and instead of like you know it, or not instead of but in addition to coming up with new and innovative ways to create his chocolate confections you know like his uh, waterfall mixing uh, uh, um, not strategy uh, technique waterfall mixing technique because as he said that's the only way to mix chocolate by you know mix it by a waterfall in a river and it's awesome and that's how you do it um, he also concocted these elaborate death schemes, uh, because he feels like the type of people who uh, would be really keen on on getting into his factory and getting his secrets are the same type of people that he wanted to avoid in the first place. So that's why you know you see the kids. Every kid uh, uh, is approached by this weird scary judge doom looking motherfucker and they uh you know they all make a deal with him except one that's a good old chuckles there but uh what do you what do you guys think about uh the difference between Johnny Depp's portrayal and Gene Wilder's portrayal do you think that there was too much backstory given for Johnny Depp, Depp's uh, portrayal, or would you rather have it like? Uh, I mean, did you like that aspect, or would you rather have it like the Gene Wilder, where you just like dropped in and you have no idea about who this guy is, except for rumors that are circulating? It's almost like the beginning of a horror movie. Like, is this guy real? Is he fake? Like, what is going on? Nicole, what do you think? Um, well, I do actually have a couple of notes, so I'll get through. It's about kind of yeah, yeah, about go the ahead, Gene. Go ahead. Um, so before Gene Wilder was cast as Willy Wonka, um, all six members of the Monty Python expressed interest and they were denied because they didn't have that intern, um, international audience. They think they thought, nah, he's not really, they're not really good. Uh, Fred Astaire, Joel Gray, Ron Moody were all considered, um, 
doll actually his original choice was spike um Mill- milligan an irish actor um Unfortunately, Dahl did not enjoy Gene Wilder's performance. And what? Yeah, he he in his mind he wanted someone who was English, and so he did. He thought that he didn't enjoy the movie either. From um, a friend of his who wrote an autobiography about Dahl, he said that he didn't like the movie. It was too sentimental and too sappy, and he really didn't like Gene Wilder's performance, which is really sad because. Um, I know, Ashes, you and I talked about this earlier. Um, there's no way you can really replace Gene Wilder's performance well, have you, as Willy Wonka. I've seen what... Have you read the book? I have not, unfortunately. The way that Roald Dahl describes him, he's almost... When I first read it, I got the impression of like an imp or like a demon type character mm-hmm. similar to like a Rumpelstiltskin, like a yeah. trickster. Mm-hmm. And that's even how he describes him. He's like this tall, I mean, um, this this short, thin, like small man who, who almost looks frail. Um, so like a, a, a Fred Astaire type yeah. uh, uh, body to him. You yeah. know, very thin, uh, small frame. And he wanted him to be more of like a trickster, like you know, a Loki or a Rumpelstiltskin yeah, type character. Yeah, no, no, and understand. that's not what Wilder did. Wilder made it more of like a scary, comedic type thing. Yeah, no, that's I, why Roald Dahl didn't like it. Yeah, and he really he hated the music, unfortunately, which is sad. And like what I was trying to say is, Gene Wilder, I can't see anybody else playing Willy Wonka. Like, unfortunately, like, as much as a um, great actor Johnny Depp is, and I'm not a really big fan of him, but it you can't you can't replace or reenact the charismatic and the charm that Gene Wilder brought to this character. You really can't replicate it. And um, what was I going to say? Um, it's just, it's, it's really hard, and it, it's really sad now that they're, I don't know if you've heard the rumors, but um, Warner Brothers have the right now for to make a Willy Wonka kind of like an origin story where you um, they're going to try to focus more on his early adventures. And it's Warner Brothers plus the Harry Potter producer are trying to make another Willy Wonka film, which I really not going to like depending on how they're doing it. I really don't see it. It's Gene Wilder will always be Willy Wonka to me. I don't. I don't like the idea of a backstory. I don't. You know. I don't. I don't like any of that at all. I mean, the the. I mean, that's me, because I'm with you. You know, I grew up reading the books and watching that movie, and so there didn't need to be a backstory where yeah. his dad is Christopher Lee and is like, "Oh, this is why you can't ever have candy because I am Christopher Lee and <laughs> I am all powerful." Saruma. And the reason why there wasn't a sequel is uh, Dahl wrote in his will like there shouldn't there will not be a sequel to the original Willy Wonka or Charlie Charlie and the Will Charlie and the Chocolate Thank Factory you. was, was yeah. the name of the book and there is a sequel book yeah the Great Glass Elevator which yeah. I've never read yeah and they he wrote in his will like this movie shall not be produced like he doesn't want that because after the bad taste he got from the film adaptation. He was like, nope. So, little facts there. Sorry, ashes. <laughs> um, so, 
let me preface this by saying that I love Tim Burton and I do enjoy Johnny Depp as an actor. However, some roles are so iconic, uh, especially when, you know, portrayed by certain individuals that, you know, you can only imagine that that particular individual in that role. Like when I think of Willy Wonka, I think of Gene Wilder with the crazy hair and the top hat and, you know, the the wardrobe and stuff. Um, you know, so uh, I don't know. I just... I felt like Tim Burton definitely has like a certain aesthetic and he tried to kind of go like a darker route almost or at least like cinematically like the cinematography and stuff like the the, the film itself was dark like in color just darker um like a Zack Snyder film yes you know um Whereas, you know, uh, the original film, I don't know who directed it or who who did it. Um, But anyways, the original film was so colorful. And I feel like it kind of lures you into a false sense of security Mm -hmm. with, you know, the first film because it is bright and it's colorful. And there are songs and there are little dudes singing and, you know, it's candy and everything looks like it's supposed to be super happy. But then like shit happens to these kids you know like these kids are pretty much like murdered (laughs) at this candy shop you know and 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 then the whole you know boat scene itself i mean it's one of those like it was unexpectedly creepy like i said uh, uh, the original kind of lures you into this false sense of security you're like oh this movie's gonna be so happy and candy yay Whereas, like, the Tim Burton movie, you knew what you, I mean, A, you knew what you were getting anyways, because most people had already seen the original. original. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, I appreciate the fact that Tim Burton tried not to do a direct, re, you know, like, remake. He tried to, you know, put his own spin on it and do a little bit more, like, something different with the story. Um, you know, so, I mean, like, I, I appreciate that, but it's, it's, it's not my favorite. No, I mean the 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 original version, the 1971 film. A lot of that, uh, the tone, the tonality difference, you know, with the color and everything, is because of the uh, the times. I mean, Tim Burton is known for you know he's not really known for bright, cheery colors that make everybody happy. You know, with a few except uh, exceptions, in the scenes from say, you know, Big Fish that involve the daffodils and Alison Lohman in her, in her bright yellow dress. But other than that, it's dark, you know, it's dark earthy tones to everything he does. I mean, Beetlejuice, Batman, um, dark shadows, dark shit. Well, yeah, but that was already based on a TV show that was oh. like that anyways. Oh yeah. I know that. But... Um, so he just kept up the original aesthetic, oh. but everything he did was dark. I mean, uh, even his, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, um, let's see, the one, Corpse Bride, all very dark mm-hmm. with scary parental figures. You know, usually played by Christopher Lee. Um, you know, it. That's just the way his his. Uh, and his aesthetic is yeah. yeah I was saying, and getting away from that, just focusing on the portrayal of the Willy Wonka character, um, 
Gene Wilder had this whole like crazy madman thing. Like, yeah. like it's one of those like you you were you know I remember watching it and I still watch it. You know, with the same like, is he crazy? Does he know what he's doing? Like, you know, or like is is. You know, like like there's 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 just all of this thought that goes into it, this whole mm-hmm. thought process. Whereas, um, you know, watching the Johnny Depp portrayal, I I, I don't get that that sense of like uneasiness. You know, when yeah. watching um, uh, him in that role, like it's almost like just a an overgrown child. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, uh, there are times in the original. Willy Wonka that Gene Wilder gets kind of scary. Oh yeah, and I'm not just talking about the boat scene. I'm I'm talking about like there are other scenes too where he just gets very like, you know, the fact that he doesn't really has kind of like this nonchalant attitude when mm-hmm. it comes to you know the fate of some of the children. Um, yeah. you know, it's just like you just kind of want to be like, why don't you care? I mean, granted, most of these children are ungrateful and you know deserve terrible people yeah. deserve daddy i want to know baloompa now what um you know they deserve their fates mm-hmm. but um you know like it, it's still you, you just find yourself questioning like this character's motives like why aren't you helping these children yeah and i know when i was reading doing research um the scene where willy wonka is yelling at charlie um before they did the scene, Wilder really wanted to tell, um, I forgot the actor's name, like, in advance, like, you know, hey, like, I'm going to yell at you. Like, this is acting. Like, don't take it personal. Because they became really, really close friends. Like, they would have lunch together, and they would eat chocolate bars together at lunch. Like, and, ooh, end of uh, <laughs> and Asia Nicole's Settle microphone down with that mic there, Dynamo. is currently trying to go down her shirt, um, so... Listen to my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and like Gene Wilder just like didn't want to scare his his fellow co or co-worker, co-star. And like like I said earlier, the, the director Stewart, he was really like trying to get first impressions like yep. and like the kid was scared shitless when Wilder really like like you said like he has like that um he takes his roles very very seriously and like starts screaming and yelling at the kid and it's just it, it's like holy crap like you know you never know he's very unpredictable yes. Will Walker is very unpredictable yep. you're not gonna know what you're gonna get and another scene would be his grand entrance he's limping he's trying to get to the gates and then he freaking does a somersault yeah cause he leaves his cane and people were fooled by that yeah so one of the things that I was saying, you know, we talked about the, the, the boat scene. I'm going to play a little clip from that because it illustrates what you were just saying, how he goes from this nice, calm, relaxed to this insane, like, crazed madman in a matter of just uh, under a minute. There's no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> He's singing which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing, rowing Or which way the river's flowing Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a-blowing? <laughs> Not 
the speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any Like, that scene is so surreal. And actually, it's kind of actually one of my favorite scenes in the whole entire film. But when I was doing research, he has kind of, I wouldn't say schizophrenic personality, but kind of very manic, very, like, you never... Dissociative identity. Yeah, definitely, like, that, where he, he switches within instant, like, he goes, like... Like I said earlier, like he, you know, calm and then he hits the storm and he's out of fucking control. And I think that's why, I don't know, I, he makes a really great complex character. You you don't know what you're going to get from him. He's unpredictable. He's complex. And it's like, it's, it's one of those where you don't want to hate, you can't hate him because you really like him kind of feeling right like and you know even when you know you got veruca salt's dad like yeah that's far enough he's like you're right we're here it's like what (laughs) this isn't the guy who was just raving seconds ago but you can see like this is very similar to it's almost identical in the same speech pattern and and cadence and rhythm when he delivers his speech in young frankenstein when they're raising the platform up to you know attract the lightning it's the same type of thing so it's um it's it's just it shows you the depth of the character like i think he captured the spirit of willy wonka Mm -hmm. um if not, you know, the Roald Dahl's exact vision. I think he did yeah. carry the spirit of it. And, you know, like you were saying, like it's tough to imagine anybody else being in this role. And the thing is, I, when I was doing a lot more research, Gene Wilder really took control of how this character looked, how he acted. He, like, he's... When they did, like, the original sketch of his costume, he was, like, he was really, like, this is not the way it should be. You know, he should be vibrant. He should be eccentric, like the purple and the tan pants and the hat. And um, one of the conditions that Wilder had about playing Willy Wonka is he wanted to do the summer, somersault entrance. He And they were like, well, why would you do that? And he's like, because the unpredictability of this character. You're never, you never know what's going to happen with this character. You think he's limping, something he's hurt. And then out of nowhere, he just does a somersault and like, boom, right in your face. Right. But like, he's, he's very, he's got a, a strict set of rules. Like, you know, any good psychopath, he's got a strict set of <laughs> rules. You know, it's like, all right, you want to come in the chocolate factory? All right. Sign this. Sign this contract. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to sign that because I don't know what it is. Well, then you can go back out the way you came in, mm-hmm. which you know would be impossible if you've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. And then, like the ending, the ending where you know he he you know yells at Charlie 
turns him away, you know, and then like that that very end where he's just like, you won, Charlie, you won. And it's just like. So shines a good deed in a weary world. Yeah. That's all he wanted. That's all he wanted. Yeah. He just wanted to like somebody, anybody to show him that, you know, people are still good. Yeah. He wanted somebody to renew his faith in mankind. That's all he needed. That's all he wanted. That's all he was looking for. You know, he's very similar to, you know, another uh, psychopath that we've covered on this on this uh on this program. Uh John Kramer in that in that way. All he's trying to do is show people the value of their lives. And all Willy Wonka's trying to do is you know, f- prove to himself that there's somebody out there even if it is a kid. You know, that there's somebody out there that's you know, pure is the driven snow, you know? So I think that, uh, you know, this, this film did a really nice job of, of uh, you know, capturing, you know, the message that the, the Willy Wonka character is supposed to have. Even though Roald Dahl probably would have liked it to be a lot darker, I think Gene Wilder pulls it off in a way that only Gene Wilder could have pulled it off. I agree. Um, maybe Christoph Waltz, but yes. But uh, I think that's going to go ahead and wrap up the Willy Wonka talk from us. But we do have a voicemail from uh, our good buddy Riku, and uh, he's going to share his thoughts on uh, Willy Wonka with us. So uh, let's go ahead and hear from Riku. Hey, Thread on Thursday, it's Riku. Hi, Riku. So, you guys are doing Willy Wonka, and Willy Wonka is a film that I love, because my mom showed it to me right after showing me uh, The Princess Bride. That was a fun night. But <laughs> I was stuck to the screen watching it, because here's this guy who's, like, clad in the color purple, and that's one of my favorite colors. He's... It's a good color. Manic, but he's he's fun and just... At some points, he just has a really caring personality, and it's just such a character that kids can cling to. He's... how to put it? I can't. He's just Willy Wonka. He's an amazing character, and just someone that you watch the film and you smile, start to finish. Uh, small side note about the uh, the the remake that came out like in 2005. I saw it in the theater. I enjoyed it. I will never watch it again because <laughs> I don't want to ruin the magic of it. Damn you, cell phone! This could have been perfect. <laughs> anyway, bye. 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 Thank you again, Riku, for uh, sharing your thoughts with us. And once again, you know, anytime, let us know uh, your thoughts on whatever we happen to be covering. Because we want to hear from you. And anybody listening, we want to hear from you. Not just from uh, Riku or not just from uh, you know, First Time Mike or Eddie the Anti-Drug Iguana. You know, we want to hear from you. Folks that who have been, you know, maybe folks who have been listening that, you know, you, you, know, you haven't uh, had a chance to leave some feedback. Send us an email. Send us a, uh, a voicemail. Tweet at us. Yeah, you know, we're all very active on Twitter. Uh, we're all very active on the Facebook uh, interaction page. 
bake sale, whatever it is, whatever they call it. Uh, we're active there. Um, you know, we want to hear from you. We want to know, you know, what you're digging about the show, what you're not digging about the show. If uh, you want to give us some uh, some feedback on maybe what your favorite candy is, maybe it's something that we didn't mention. Maybe you're uh, one of our our international listeners who's you know checking us out from another country you know europe asia south america you know uh maybe you've got some local candy that you know we have never heard of but you want to tell us about it or there's a character in you know a a, a genre of cinema that we may not uh we may not have or or some local comics uh, that you guys like to to read uh you know let us know. We want to. We want to know about this. We're trying to broaden our horizons. That's the whole point of the show: is to you know, not just talk about the characters we like, but to you know, learn about characters that maybe we've never heard of. And uh, you know, Riku is a, a good example of that. And our, our good buddy Nick, uh, when we did our, our listener appreciation a couple months ago, and they chose characters that maybe we didn't know a whole lot about, and you know, we had a blast learning about them, watching the. Watching some anime, reading up on some uh, Lovecraft, and you know that's what we want. We want some. We want some interaction. What? <laughs> no, I just, sorry. I think I need to explain myself right now. So, um, summer. I don't know your your you know explanation of wanting feedback kind of reminded me of this little like ditty. Um, from like summertime Nickelodeon, there used to be this little dude who hosted summertime Nickelodeon shows called Stick Stigley. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> and he used to have this little jingle. It was like, "Write to me, Stick Stigley, P.O. Box nine six three, New York City, New York State, like one oh one oh eight or something like that." It ended with an eight, but I don't know why that just reminded me of that. Wienerville oh or. Mark Wiener, Wiener. Wienerville was like that show um, was part of the whole like Stick Stigley. Yeah, he was part of it. I'm Boney. Stuff. I'm Boney. Leave me I alone. Leave me alone. That might be a, a future episode. I'm Boney. So I'm Boney. We do have a, a couple of things we're going to do before uh, before we wrap up, obviously. So well, are we going to take another break? Yeah, I was going to say we're going to we're going to take our our uh, final break, and when we come back. We're going to have. Uh, Von Nightmare Vineyard. We're going to have some Agent Nicole files that she's furiously researching as we speak. Uh, I have another battle. Yeah, and a battle. Yeah, I didn't finish. I have a science fact. We have a battle. And we have a a preview of coming attractions for next next couple of shows. So you're going to definitely want to check this out. So why don't we go ahead and take a break? And when we come back, we will tell you all about it. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like oh. the perfect 
shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkeys. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. Patrick Wayne Hall is a motherfucking mouse. Patrick Wayne Hall is a motherfucking mouse. Patrick Wayne Hall is a motherfucking mouse. I can't think of anything else that rhymes with mouse. House, louse. This is the part where Dynamo laughs. Writing books, writing books. All right, so we're we're back. Obviously, in fifth grade, I had a teacher named Mrs. Krause. That's dumb. Rhymes with mouse. Fifth grade does not rhyme with mouse. Um, so we're uh, getting to the part of the show on Sprockets where we dance. A really good writer with a wicked hot wife. Um, so this is the time on Sprockets when we dance. Um, no, we are uh, getting to the part where we. We wrap up the show and we talk about the things that uh, we're coming up to. Look at this bag of candy. Oh, that's not candy. Those are those are opioids. Nicole just like whips out this bag of like snacks out of nowhere, Dynamo style. <laughs> I'm learning are... from the best. Um, so we have uh, our, our usual end of end of show, but. Before we do that, we're going to talk about our battle, and I kind of hinted at it a little bit. It's a... M- oh, are we doing it? Okay, hold on. Sorry, Wait. that was oh, my hold bad. On, hold <laughs> on. It's a move. <laughs> it, it's, it's a, a motherfucking throwdown. Throw <laughs> this is what happens when you skip rehearsal in we that we skip. don't have rehearsal. Um, mm. So the, uh, the, the throwdown we're going to do this week... Uh, like I said, I alluded to it a little bit earlier. If you were paying attention, you caught it. But uh, if you were in the process of, uh, you know, building a, a a death maze or a death a series of death traps, um, who would you want to work on it for you? Would you prefer Willy Wonka or would you prefer Jigsaw? So that's going to be the uh, the throwdown this week. Who would you? So, so which which um, which one of them would you prefer to design your uh, death death, trap. death With traps? De- death trap mastermind. Hmm. Do you prefer? Like you, you have a bunch of people who have wrong. So it's kind of like the revenge thing from a couple of weeks ago. You know, who would you want to avenge you? Well, in this case, you know, who would you want to uh, design your death traps? Would you rather have you know your victims go through like a Willy Wonka? You know. Luring them into a sense of false security. Yep, and then sucking them up into a tube or dropping them down into the incinerator and stuff like that. 
stretching them out beyond belief. Chew or die, make your choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, or would you rather, you know, rather have it be uh, Jigsaw? So that's the that's the throwdown for this week. So uh, I think what we'll do uh, is we'll we'll have Ashes do her Von Nightmare Vineyard because I I know Wolfie needs to cue up some music in a few minutes for the Agent Nicole files. So we'll give him a chance to do that because he's uh, very busy producificating right now. So, uh, Ashes, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us about your uh, uh, who's it's there. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure inebriation. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, great. So today I'm actually going to talk about a wine that I just tried for the first time two nights ago. It is from a California vineyard. Uh, It is called Black Ink. It is a very cool looking bottle. Has a squid octopus looking thing with tentacles. I was calling him... A septopus? I was calling him Cthulhu. It's not a Cthulhu, but, you know, I'm like, Cthulhu wine, I'm going to try this. And I'm glad I did try it because it was actually very, very good. good. Black Ink is an ode to fantasy through the arts, portraying elegance with an edge. In a celebration of decadence, juicy blackberry cobbler meets smoky licorice with a hint of spice. And it is awesome. Like the, the spice part, it's, um, it's a red blend, but it is a sweeter red blend. Usually, um, when I, I've, I've tried a lot of different red blends and they usually have more of a bold, drier taste. And this one's a little more on the sweeter side, which I know Patsy uh, appreciated. This medium bodied red has a dark inky color. It's actually very gorgeous. Uh, it smells smoky and offers flavors that are simple, grapey and very oaky. And I enjoyed it. it I, I didn't uh, pair it with anything. Uh, we were just sipping it, and it tasted very well, like very good on its own. And I really enjoyed it. So that is Black Ink. Uh, you can find it at your local liquor store. Yeah, we uh, we picked that up a couple days ago, and it was really good. And uh, we actually separately each... Picked out yeah, a bottle we, we, of something. Yeah, I would say we have like a very nautical theme going with our liquor I up, purchases. I ended up picking up a bottle of Kraken rum. And um, I do have a birthday coming up in a couple of months. Uh, Austin Liquors in uh, Shrewsbury has uh, a, it's called Cape Cod, I don't know, some kind of Cape Cod rum, but there's a, a giant shark on it. So if y'all want to get me some shark, shark juice, like shark that's, juice. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. We can go with that. But I think it has come to be the time that we talk about Agent Nicole Files. Bond. Nicole. James. Agent Nicole. dancing i don't know why i'm not dancing i'm too t- fucking tired we are dancing queens to... up in here <laughs> dancing nicole prefers the uh normally she does the thong dance but this week <laughs> she is preferring the comfort of an unfurnished basement 
What? I no, I don't know. That's not. code for she's not wearing any underwear. What? You've never heard I've that. Never say. Heard no, I've that. never heard that. There's nothing like the pure comfort of an unfurnished basement. Like, no. what did you think that meant? I don't fucking want to know what it meant. I mean, I, 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 I've heard of like flooding the basement, flooding your yeah. basement, but not an unfinished basement. Unfurnished, whatever. Unfurnished, unfinished. What the fucker ever. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, I'm doing. My I, mean, I don't. I don't like to check like, out my motion. It's not a just basement. keep that train rolling. Just w- roll away as I have my. But files. it's got my favorite man cave. Excuse me, this is my segment. Can you shut your face? Okay, you, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm lost. I'm You're so gone, mad. Little blue. It's late again, Riku. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't have my nap today. All right. Anyways, so um, for today's Agent Nicole files. All right, before I talk about it, I do this thing where I call it a four-episode tryout. Whenever there's a new show, if it's not grabbing my attention by the first episode, I do like a four-episode kind of, you know, let's see if there's anything building up in the in the show. So, uh, recently, well, the day that we're recording, a show just came out on February 3rd on Netflix um, called Santa... Clarita Diet, which stars Drew Barrymore and Timothy Olfant, who's in Justified, Scream 2, Deadwood. Um, it is written by Victor Fresco, who um, who is known for Better Off Ted, Alf, and My Name is Earl. Um, <laughs> I'm really distracted by Patrick's awful dancing over there. Um, if you haven't seen it, there's been a few trailers before you kind of don't understand like what's going on you're just thinking it's some kind of like they're doing like a fad it's actually um little spoiler um it's these this married couple and the mom played by drew barrymore is becomes a zombie she's not completely dead but she's not completely alive she's at that stage where she's kind of kind of in the middle and it's really it's really funny and what I do appreciate about Netflix is that they're taking actors that we really love like Winona Ryder is coming back into play Robin Wright is coming back into play um Ashes well who are the other two that we were talking about Jane Fonda oh Jane Fonda Lily Tomlin yeah they're really like Netflix is really taking these wonderful actors and actresses and bringing them back into our lives and Drew Barrymore is phenomenal in this role. Um, it, the episodes are about 30 minutes long. There's 10 episodes. I'm already halfway through the season, and it's phenomenal. It took a little bit of getting into to really find their footing, but if you can get through the like my trial of four episodes, I really think you will all enjoy it. It's a comedy horror. It's on Netflix. Show it some love, and that is all. That was sweet. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited. Like, I feel like it's gonna be one of those shows that I'm just gonna want to binge watch. Yep. And Timothy like, Timothy Olf, Olfat, oh, he's so handsome. Yeah, he's definitely. Um. Yeah, I, I think is he's he's kind of great. So is, yeah, he is. Is he silver fox status? He, he is silver okay, fox yeah. delf. Um. 
But yeah, that's definitely. <laughs> Patrick. He is. He is a man. Yeah, that show is. I've been eagerly anticipating this show, and it's definitely on my radar. It's just. It's really. Watch it. It's really hard to see um, old fat go from justified in a cowboy into this role of a com- showing his comedic talents. It's the range. It's like I'm like he should be wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat and like telling. You know, assholes to go fuck themselves. I but. liked him in Dreamcatcher. Mm-hmm. All right, and then uh, Patsy, you got some science. I do. I I have something. Um, I had something prepared earlier, but I found out about something that I find uh to be beyond terrifying. I didn't think this something that actually could happen, but uh, we are all aware that a shooting star is a piece of state space debris that you know rockets across the atmosphere and burns up on on, on entry. Now, a shooting star is not actually a star, but uh, scientists have recently discovered uh, shooting black holes. As in black holes that go launching across galaxies at 3 million miles per hour which is terrifying. Like, if you've never seen or, like, thought of what a black hole can do, in some of these black holes, uh, they are millions of times more massive than our sun, which at this point is just a, 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 a incomprehensible size. It's just not something that you could possibly uh, imagine. Um. And these things are just whipping across the universe. What baffles the scientists, though, is what force is acting upon them to actually move them. Because a black hole isn't actually just like a hole in space. It's the uh, a, a collapsed neutron star that has you know intense gravity. It's called a black hole because there's no light around it. Because everything around it gets sucked into the, the dead center of it called a singularity. Is there something that, you know, you find amusing there, Captain America? No, just keep talking. No, just keep talking. I didn't laugh at your... I'm just... I have a really dirty mind, that's all. Yeah, well... (laughs) Black hole. (laughs) Like, I was, like, sucking and whipping out. I was like, this is getting real... Oh, my God. (laughs) It's really... So, anyways, for those of you who aren't five, uh, because if you remember last episode, Wolfie did uh, preface that... Agent Nicole is five, and she is now proving that. Uh, yeah, um, it's it's a very interesting thing and, and something that's uh, very terrifying, but it's not exactly like there's any of them remotely close to us or traveling towards us, so all we have to worry about is the... The government. I d- <laughs> Oompa Loompas. Oh, black holes looking better. The government, <laughs> the government collapsing in upon itself. Um, so I think that's going to pretty much wrap it up, except for, like I said, we have a little bit of a preview for next week. Next week, uh, Ashes is going to uh, host again because this, uh, this episode was her idea. We are going to cover Kurt Russell's performance in the movie Miracle as Herb Brooks, the coach of the 1980 uh, men's Olympic hockey team. Uh, If you are unfamiliar with this, 
Um, I highly recommend you get out and you watch this movie. Um, you your emotions will be stirred. Uh, your your patriotism will be stirred. Uh, this is one of the greatest films, um, the greatest sports films that I've ever seen. It's based on, um, I believe, ESPN uh, rated it the number one sports moment in the uh, of the twentieth century. That seems accurate. And if you're unfamiliar with it, uh, we're not going to spoil it for you until the episode. We're going to give you a chance to get out and see it. Now, this is a movie that was uh, put out by Disney, but this was uh, one of the best roles. This is a true story. This this happened. They did take a couple of uh, liberties with some of the details that happened, but that always happens on anything that's based on a true story. But the, the main crux of the, uh, of the film... Uh, that is a true event, and they actually uh, splice in some of the real audio from that moment in Lake Placid. Um, and this actually, the, the, the Lake Placid connection actually helped the Bruins win the Stanley Cup in 2011 because they were down uh, to the Canadians two games to none in a best-of-seven playoffs, and Claude Julien took the team up to Lake Placid and had them play up there, you know, in practice and go to that same facility to get some of that uh that energy and that you know that uh you know that goodwill that the the spirit of that team. So uh definitely if you haven't seen it, check it out. And and stay tuned next for uh next week's episode cuz it's going to be a doozy. And we are uh now Agent Nicole, you've never seen this film. So No, but I know what you're talking about. I'm well aware. But you're going to be and you're going to be uh, reacting to this for the first time. We are also going to have uh joining us uh <laughs> one of podcasting's uh best uh film critics. Would you guys agree that that's uh accurate? That's an accurate dis- depiction. Yes, absolutely. Description. Yes. Uh the mighty El Goro will be joining us. Uh, to discuss this film. Now, he has not seen this film either. So it'll be interesting to get his take on it as well. So we'll have two people who have seen it multiple times and two who have never seen it. And uh, it's weird because none of us lived through it, so none of us can, <laughs> can, can say, I, know. I it's, remember it's that. It's weird. I am absolutely obsessed with the 1980. 1980- U.S. Olympic hockey team, and I wasn't even a twinkle in my daddy's trousers at that point. So, um, you know, my parents haven't even met yet. Really, they didn't meet yet until. Uh, well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> no, my my parents were together in 1980. They, my parents. Yeah, she's saying her parents. Well, I'm just saying, like mine, mine were, mine were. I think but by just... the time you were born, that's when they met. My yeah. parents. Yeah. So yeah, we will be uh, discussing the. Uh, even though it's a real person, we're going to be discussing a cinematic portrayal of this person. And you know, I, lo- I know a lot of folks uh, really dig on uh, Kurt Russell, especially our our good buddy Jeremy McFarland. So Jeremy, if uh, this is something that you've seen, which I imagine it is, you know, give us some feedback on that. So I think with that, we're going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close. But we will. See you next Thursday. There you go. Go to Burnett. <laughs>